listening to Defiant Pawns with Blake Sugarman and Tyler Stahl. This is Chapter 6, Anything Worthwhile. Once upon a time, almost everyone was a farmer. Making food was very inefficient. True story. But advancements in agriculture called for fewer and fewer farm workers, and so most of us moved on to something else. A lot of people wound up working in factories, but advancements in manufacturing have made most of those jobs unnecessary too. Seriously, Foxconn, the company that manufactures the iPhone and a lot of other electronics, already has a factory in China that is fully automated. It operates 24 hours a day without any lights on. Picture it. Up until now, automation has mostly been about replacing physical labor, turning gasoline into horsepower, that kind of thing. But the 21st century is about something different, turning cloud computing into expertise and analytical brilliance. Yes, the brainiacs among us are finally at risk. We can all be outdone. This is a caveman discovering fire kind of moment, and we're living it. Now, I'm not making a prediction about what's going to happen by a specific year. I'm just looking at the trends, and they point towards something pretty shocking. Imagine a world in which the things nobody wants to do somehow or another gets done. That's the type of world that we might be getting close to. If we do it right, it could be fun. We don't have to work no more. No, we don't have to work. It's vacation time all year long. Everybody do just exactly what they want to do. I don't see why that's so wrong. Let Imad host his chess forum. Let social workers help out kids. Let everybody do what they want to do like rich folks always did. Cause if selling labor's optional, just think about what that means. There gotta be lots of geniuses who can turn on to better things. Anything worthwhile, whatever feels worthwhile, anything, yes, anything, anything worthwhile, whatever feels worthwhile, anything, oh yes, anything. Geologistic proof that river dancers dance. We've all got dreams and summer grand. Give liberty a chance. And if some people want to be the dude, do you really care? Let them just go bowling, drink white Russians, have long hair. Whatever feels worthwhile. Anything worthwhile. Anything. Yes, anything. Anything worthwhile. 
we get too carried away, it's important to remember that most of the technologies that are replacing jobs are privately owned. So it would logically follow within the context of capitalism that the profits generated from those technologies would remain concentrated among the few robot masters, the people who own the algorithms. And that's pretty nutso when you consider that the richest one-tenth of one percent already own almost as much wealth as the bottom 90% combined. At least that's what the figure in the U.S. was before coronavirus. I shudder to think what it is today. So automating the workforce could lead us to a pretty dark place. Let's face it, and we may go there. We really might, but I'm optimistic we won't. Or at the very least, I'm hopeful. For one thing, capitalism requires a broad base of consumers. If most of us are living off of sewer rats and dandelions, what will the automated factories make? I mean, who will buy the iPhone 54? Oligarchs can only consume so much. Not that we'll necessarily have phones in the future. But seriously, if most people's jobs become obsolete, we will reach a point where people can no longer be expected to meet their needs through employment. So some form of wealth redistribution would seem to be essential. And given that we supposedly live in a democratic society where we the people supposedly write the rules, we can make that happen. It's not as radical as it sounds. When you think about it, corporations already funnel the majority of their profits to people who don't work for the company at all. I'm talking about their shareholders. That's the system we have. Employees living paycheck to paycheck, while the profits go to shareholders who already had money laying around to invest. And I have some investments. I'm not saying that's evil. It's kind of important within our economic framework. But the more money you have, the larger share of the profit pie you're entitled to. When you actually think about that, it's completely absurd. And in a world without jobs, it's not viable at all. As I'm saying this, I can't help but wonder what my grandfather would think if he were listening. He was a Republican, back when that meant something a little different, but he was a small business owner who worked his way up from nothing, played the stock market, and wound up pretty comfortable. He was a big believer in markets and work ethic and free enterprise. He ran a typewriter store. That was his business. He sold them and fixed them and did pretty well. And, and there were stores like his all over the country. Not anymore. You might say he got out in the nick of time, 1996. That's when he sold his store and retired. Of course, the business didn't last very long after that, and that had a lot to do with the rise of computers, but they could have started carrying that stuff. My grandfather placed more blame on the big box stores like Best Buy and the rise of what he called a throwaway culture. Because he sold things, but a lot of what he did was repairs. And people don't get things repaired anymore. Part of that 
has to do with the senseless greed of planned obsolescence, but it also has to do with the rate of change. It's all happening so fast now. By the time something breaks, there's a new model that's way better. That's what they'd like you to think anyway. Gotta have every bell and whistle. My grandpa always had the latest stuff in terms of office equipment, copy machines, and word processors. He liked innovation. I, I think he saw that as an advantage of capitalism. He believed private ownership and competition incentivize people to come up with new ideas. New ideas about making money, anyway. Now, he died when I was in sixth grade, so I never talked very much about politics with him. But in one of the very few conversations that I can remember, he said that if the Democrats had their way, we would still be riding around in horses and carriages. I think he was talking about innovation. He was getting at this left-wing desire to interfere with the market. He believed free enterprise was the source of our greatest advancements and that governments mostly get in the way. But now that I'm a little more worldly than I was in sixth grade, I'd like to point out that the internet was created by the United States government. Same with GPS, touchscreens, the list goes on and on. So Steve Jobs might have been a bright guy, but what would his iPhone be without our internet, GPS, and touchscreen? A good idea. And that's about it. Don't fall for the myths of the market. I was told that when you fell down, it was something you did, your fault. But if you work real hard, and you play by the rules, then your future's bright, no matter what. You know that's right. I'm a beating heart, why don't you shout it? Why don't you shout it? In a weird way, the horse and carriage comment kind of proves my point. If you think about it, as the horses being a labor force. Because in the early 1900s, there were over 20 million horses in the United States, and we depended on them to get around and grow our food. But by 1960, there were 3 million horses in the United States. Automation rendered them economically irrelevant, and so they went bye-bye. Is that a fate we're willing to accept for the majority of people?